we've got a story today coming coming from a group of teachers. <laughs> the lesson today is The lesson today, but read. however, we're not as good as Tony Cade Bambara and being able to sneak a lesson in without you noticing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do that sometimes, but not as good as her. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Welcome to the Codex Cantina, where I am Professor Una. And I have lesson planning envy crypto. <laughs> if you are new to the Codex Cantino, we are going through the most popular stories and authors bringing out some of the most influential works that have influenced even today's writers. If you're down for a conversational approach to that literature, hit that subscribe button to join us. And as always, we start off with publication information. The lesson was published in 1972, and we'll leave a link down in the description below where you can listen for free. Now, Tony Cade Bambara is an African-American writer, and actually she was an English teacher, if you didn't know crypto. She wrote in the 1960s with the Black Arts Movement and Emergence of Black Feminism. Amazing, amazing author. Well, and then even today, this piece feels so fresh and modern. It, it This could have been written yesterday if it weren't for some of the conversion issues, right? Like, I kind of did, just, you know how I am. I did the conversion on some of this in terms of the 85 cent taxi ride. And if you assume $100 in 1971 by inflation standards is $643 in 2021, uh, the adjusted taxi ride of 85 cents was actually about $5.86. Pretty cheap taxi ride, but... But the, oh, yeah. the ship that was, you know, $1,195 adjusted to today's standards, just for perspective, was $7,600, roughly, if you were to adjust it to today's standards. So when these kids are looking at these really expensive gifts, they're looking at seven, eight grand when they're stealing a dime for the taxi ride, which converted is only 64 cents by today's standards. So it was a 64 cent tip that she was stealing from this taxi driver, interestingly enough. Yeah, it is crazy how this story feels so modern, even though it's dated. If you just kind of ignore those numbers and some of the toys that they talk about and some of the, the dated timepiece elements of it, it feels like it's something that could have been posted on Facebook or Snapchat yesterday. So in terms of opening line, right? Back in the days when everyone was old and stupid or young <laughs> and foolish and me and sugar were the only ones just right. This lady moved on our block with nappy hair and proper speech and no makeup. What Oof. an interesting opening line to this piece. This tells you so much already, right? Our narrator is so self-centric, right? Everybody out there is so young and foolish. Only people right are me and sugar. And this lady that moved on to the, to the block, well, she's got proper speech. So what does that tell you about the narrator's uh, immediate vicinity? It means they all speak in, in a vernacular along those lines. Yeah, and it definitely lays down a value or lack maybe a value to education and be like, oh, you're educated, so you automatically think that person thinks that they're better than you. So already making huge assumptions. And we're already painting the the... the the scenario, right? Her neighborhood has those disgusting winos that that stink. Ugh, right? Like we're not showing pity to these people. You know, we're actually disgusted by them. And then even the taxi driver, how we're like, we needed that dime more than they did. You know, are we looking at a lower class story or upper class story in this in this in this story? Yeah, I definitely think it's a lower class, but it does kind of give you that gut punch of you're not sure which direction that Bambara is going with it. Right, so in comes Mrs. Moore, right? And what is Mrs. Moore's purpose 
in the story for this community. Ah, as an educator, I totally get this as she's trying to educate them and the story is literally called The Lesson, what she's trying to teach these children, maybe some moral lessons, maybe something else. We'll kind of get into that. But there's this beautiful quote from the story that says, She'd been to college and said it was only right that she should take responsibility for the young one's education. And that implies a lot to us as a reader, because then that says everyone in that neighborhood, at least the parents, don't have an education, right? Not everybody goes to college, and we realize that this is probably... Um, on, on the scale of education, a neighborhood where there's not a lot of people going to college and looking for lower income jobs. Yeah, exactly. So what does that say about uh, the narrator and sugar? That's that's a big question. <laughs> and I love how this story tackles it. This is actually one of the most brilliant stories to tackle this. And I, I absolutely love this. And I'm very passionate about this. I think you and I both know this, right? So oh, yeah. Neither one of us is shocked, like, okay, this is obviously, she's teaching this self-interested person lessons, but if you were to teach her a lesson directly, would she listen to you? No, definitely not. This is one where you have to be a little bit subversive, and this becomes the brilliance of Mambara's writing. Because she is now, crypto as, an, as a teacher, you know what active learning is. How would you describe active learning to maybe some viewers out there that aren't familiar with it? So there's a lot of different ways to do active learning, but in my class, I think that we do this a lot through maybe group projects where I will give the students an assignment and in the groups, they all have an assigned role that they have to actively participate in. So you'll have not just one person being the group leader, doing all the work where three other people just sit around and get the grade. Everybody has to be responsible for a specific role to achieve a goal and they don't even realize that they're all working together and that they're all learning multiple different avenues multiple different you know lessons are being taught in just this one lesson plan that i've made for them right and my son's in kindergarten and they talk about that where they have these different stations and they'll have them hey can you take away two from that group of five you know how many did we leave behind and the kids are learning math without realizing that they're learning that that's the whole thrust of this story for one part of it right is this teacher is making them well what's a 10 percent tip and you know what what would be a fair you know how much do you earn in in a year compared to what you know these people are paying for this really expensive you know $1,195 toy ship right she's making them learn opportunity cost she's making them learn basically uh you know a multiplication of 10% of of a number basically right so she's actively making them participate in a lesson the lesson right as opposed to making it come off as the traditional passive learning that maybe some classes and students are more used to right yeah we do a thing similar in economics as well where the students in groups have to come up with all these problems they think can't be solved and then they actually have to figure out through opportunity costs could we really solve these problems if we put all of our effort towards it so it's incredible what the kids can come up with and learn in an active learning situation. And the good thing about it and what happens in this story is that they don't realize they're gaining these critical thinking skills and that they are learning. Because a lot of times kids like sugar, they don't want to learn. But see, so you do these little you know tricks to get them to learn, so to speak. You know, and, and what I love about this story, okay? So let's kick it up a notch, okay? Okay. By today's ethnocentric standards, we can apply and have more knowledge of things that that Tony Cade Bombara didn't have in 1971, at least in terms of terminology, right? What's interesting is her mastery 
of basically how humans interact with this process of learning, right? It's easy to say this is active learning. It's something where you teach it subversively or you teach it where they don't realize that they're learning. What's fascinating, though, is the human dynamics of what keeps us from learning. And it's not just desire, and that's evidence in this story. Are you familiar with herd mentality or sometimes called penguin theory? Yeah, so kind of everybody does it and we all follow along in this general sense, right? Absolutely. And we see that, for example, with the sailboat. We have the quote, will you look at this sailboat, please, says Flyboy, cutting her off and pointing at the thing like it was his. So once again, we tumble all over each other to gaze at this magnificent thing in the toy store, which is just big enough, so on and on it goes. But you'll notice how they tumble all together, right? And there's another quote later on where it says, then the rest of us tumble in like a glued together jigsaw done all wrong. So when it comes to this herd theory, there's a lot of different ways that we've kind of looked at how animals behave, how humans behave, how you know you heard the term sheeple, right? People like to follow others, let others take the risk, and then we move along. Same thing with like geese. When they fly, there's a lead bird. They actually alternate and take turns who is doing all the work and taking the front. There's a lot of theories, but, but by and whole, a lot of times animals stick together depending on course, species, because they find it better to work together. And that's what we're seeing Bambara clearly elicit in the story as, as, as a base layer. With me so far? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So another layer on top of this. So I went to my old university and I saw a basically a PhD you know, specialist lecture on poverty. And he gets to use words like povern and everyone just nods and heads along. But then I come <laughs> along and use povern and people are like, ah, oh, that's not a word, dude. Look, if a PhD gets to use it, I get to use it, right? So he talks about kind of crab mentality. Are you familiar with that term? No, I haven't heard that one. So picture a bunch of crabs in a bucket. And one of them, there's no reason, one of them couldn't reach up, grab the edge of the bucket, and pull himself out, right? But what happens when a crab does it? If you watch crabs... They sit there and they snip at each other. Their claws will rake down the one that's trying to climb up. Oh, you're going to get out? Well, I'm going to try and pull myself out. And what does he do? He pulls that crab back in. So crab mentality is the idea that as other people are trying to pull themselves up out of poverty is what this guy was lecturing on. Crab mentality is other people will pull you back down. They'll hurt you emotionally, physically, mentally, to make you not want to leave, to guilt you into want to staying into poverty, to make you think that you're not better than us. You should want to stay down here with the rest of us. Crabs is what that theory is kind of approaching. And you'll see, actually, Bambara, this term I don't think was invented yet. It, the concept probably may have been around, but she perfectly uses that in this story where we have quotes like that boy that's like, I have a box of stationery on my desk and a picture of my cat. And he starts to go on. And then one of them's like, who wants to know about your smelly stationery, right? Immediately, the child cuts that boy down, right? And then we have another quote. We just stare at that price tag. Then Sugar run a finger over that whole boat, and I'm jealous and want to hit her. Maybe not her, but I'm sure want to punch somebody in the mouth. So again, this is drawing up that theory that suddenly when she touches that more expensive item, when that crab's starting to reach out of that bucket, what does she have emotions of internally? She wants to 
punch someone for no reason at all. In the same way that that other kid, as soon as he starts talking about how he's got some things that they don't have, they start to cut them down. We're all pulling people back down into our social status because we don't want them to succeed and we don't is kind of the basis of what this crab mentality does. And I love the way Bambara paints these kids as this herd moving around together. And as soon as one starts to kind of brag or show success or touch success in some way, another kid just immediately cuts them down. And I think that's what's fascinating because when you layer that onto the story of education, it's not cool to be educated, right? That's what this main character thinks when when Miss Moore comes to down. She comes to town. She's got that education. We don't want anything to do with her and her silly education. Me and Sugar are just perfect and everyone else is foolish. So this is the the game of whack-a-mole. You fall. You fall. You fall. (laughs) I think it brings it back to the very beginning of the story where this idea of the neighborhood and they have this collective uh, uh, mentality together and that these economic boundaries uh, prohibit them from moving up. And they are jealous that, you know, if one moves out, then they see themselves of even lesser than before and they look even more negative upon themselves of why couldn't I have done that? And I think that Bombard does a beautiful job here of saying, you know, we have to help rise up if we're going to pull ourselves out of this poverty. We can't just keep beating us down. And one thing that I love that she's done and written uh, Sylvia specifically is that I think that uh, she's trying to teach her the lesson because that's the one that'll make the most change or perhaps have the best possibility to change because she has the strongest personality. And I love just, I love, love, love how she's written. Did you notice when Sylvia got her name? Like when we learned it was her name? No, remind me when that was. It was at this end part when she had started to finally learn her lesson. So we don't get our own identity of being able to reach our way out of this, you know, wealth inequality until we learn this lesson about cutting each other down and instead learning about how to rise up as opposed to cut down is one of the ways that I would interpret that. Yeah. I think that she has the most hope for Sylvia since she's like the most rebellious, right? She's the mm-hmm. one that's going to have the, the best opportunity uh, or, or maybe it's the one that is going to fall on deaf ears. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I love how the open-endedness of this, of what is she going to do now that she has this knowledge because that's power and she does have an opportunity here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously the story's structured that way of she's really ignorant in the beginning and along comes an educator teaching her all of these lessons. And um, that's when she's recognized finally as a person is once she does learn those lessons. Now what she does with it, that's the next step, right? Yeah, exactly. And that this is not an easy path. I think that was another kind of hidden lesson in there as well. Well, guys, we're going to leave a Bombara playlist down below. This author is absolutely fantastic. And we look forward to having more conversations with you on this. Please leave some comments down below of what you thought of the story. Did you have the same takeaway or did you maybe have a different interpretation? We'd love to hear your comments down below. Crypto, let's move into our subjective you know, opinions of the story. What, what do you think about this? Nine. <laughs> I love this story. I think it is so relevant to today, uh, especially in the time period where we're looking at not only economic divides of billionaires that are making more money than they know what to do with, where their great-great-grandchildren will never be poor, and people that don't have enough to eat and are getting evicted from their houses. 
uh, that that is a flaw in society and that that's going to cause major problems and civilizations have fallen because of that. And I think that Bambara is trying to giving us a warning message here that if you don't fix this economic divide, there are going to be problems. And the only way to do that is through education, is you educate your masses and an educated populace is going to be a happy populace or a successful or, or going to be a populace that is going to be able to bear down and do the hard work and achieve their goals. Nine, she nailed it. This is something that needs to be taught into school uh, of, to all of our children so that they know how important it is to get an education to better themselves, no matter what they plan on doing with their life. It's one of those stories, too, that when you assign it to students, you know that there's plenty of students that are like, yo, this narrator knows what's up. These lessons are stupid. And you know, some of them are going to be fooled where they're at the end of the story and they're like, well, what was the lesson? And I think they do know that there are things that are being taught to them in this active participation. I think it's almost kind of like a very meta story that's kind of interesting in that regard, how it will fool some people. And some people, like, when, when the, the ones that, like, didn't see that the lessons were happening all along are the ones that are most surprised and actually probably a little bit more impressed by that, too, of just like, whoa, they were really actually learning something along. That actually is kind of cool. Um, like those are the people that like, this is definitely a story meant to connect with because it is, you know, maybe even signifying that you you have some things to learn from that, you know, looking out from an outside perspective. So I, I think it's an easy nine out of 10 story for me as well. So guys, you know, if you are down for literature discussions like this, we'd love to have you along on the journey. We're going to leave you know, playlist down below. Like we said, you know, feel free to subscribe and leave us comments. We'll post videos every Monday and Thursday. Please join us on the journey. Una out. Peace.